Welcome back, everyone, to the Cyclone Scoop podcast. I'm here going into Iowa State's 11th game of the year already, set to face Texas Tech. Jarrett Johnson is joining me today, our 247 expert with Texas Tech at InsideTheRedRaiders.com. Jarrett, thank you so much for the time this week. Of course, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So obviously this is year one under the new kind of coaching regime with Joey McGuire and, and Texas Tech. You know, they've had some good wins. Texas, obviously, early in the Big 12 season. Recently, Kansas to kind of bookend the Big 12 year. Five and five coming up to Ames this week against the Cyclones team that's four and six. You know, relative to expectations, maybe from yourself, the coaching staff, kind of what people had figured. How do you feel this team has really performed throughout the season? And, you know, where do you kind of see them finishing out coming up soon? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the Red Raiders finished seven and six overall last year, won a big bowl game over Mississippi State and their former coach, Mike Leach, the most winningest coach in the program's history. So they exercised some demons there with that victory. That was huge. Actually, the win over Iowa State last year made them bowl eligible, and that was a big upset win for the Red Raiders. And uh, here they are at five wins again, taking on Iowa State with a chance to be bowl eligible. And, you know, I, I think actually Matt Campbell said one time, you know, just trying to be bowl eligible is BS, but Iowa State, you know, they're in the same boat now. They need two wins and it does matter. I know it sounds cliche. You hear the coaches say, you know, the extra practices, but it matters, especially when you have a younger team, you're trying to develop the extra practices, the extra month of the season. Um, it's an easier sell on the recruiting trail. Uh, so that was my expectation was get back to a bowl game. And it's right there. You got Iowa State in Ames, which that's never easy, at least under Matt Campbell. And then uh, Oklahoma at home, who they're down. But it's still – Tech hadn't been Oklahoma in a decade. So uh, it's, you know, it's there, but they, they're going to have to overcome some history. And if they don't get to a bowl game, then they will have underperformed. Uh, to this point, I got to say, they're pretty much on par. Uh, like you said, the Texas win was big. Um, but they had some disappointing losses against Baylor and TCU. Now, TCU obviously is a very good team, but uh, Texas Tech had a fourth quarter lead. And, uh, you know, in-state rivals, uh, TCU is the closest campus to Texas Tech. A lot of the uh, uh, alumni base is, is from the Metroplex, that the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So that was a disappointing loss. And uh, But to come back and beat Kansas, a good Kansas team this year, um, and get themselves in a position to – make a bowl is, like I said, right on par with the expectations for Joey McGuire in his first season. He's had, he's actually been here a year because he was hired November 8th, uh, 2021. And there's been a lot of optimism where there hasn't been around the football program for years regarding Joey McGuire, because uh, he's a hall of fame uh, high school coach uh, in Texas high school football. Um, his recruiting right now, Tech has a top 20 class. They haven't had a top 20 class in a long time. Um, and just kind of he gets the culture out in West Texas. His daughter graduated from Tech. His best buddy growing up went and played at Tech. So he gets the culture. There have been a lot, there's been a lot of positivity. But then they lost four or five uh, before beating Kansas. So he, he's, you know, he's faced some adversity here in the season, a lot of injuries. But uh, everything is right there in front of Texas Tech in terms of realistic expectations going into the season. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's it's kind of clear those connections that McGuire's really had to the university. It was pretty evident after that Texas win and all the excitement. He really kind of understands the culture. And it seems to have a strong connection with the players. 
I've definitely noticed a lot, you know, kind of about that recruiting class, obviously covering recruiting too. What can you tell myself and, you know, Cyclones fans about some of the QB play? Obviously, Tyler Shuck won the job. I know that he's dealt with some injuries really the last couple of years, but certainly this year maybe hasn't played as much as anticipated. Uh, Oregon transfer. And, you know, how has he kind of been in leading a Red Raiders offense that, you know, the couple games I've seen and obviously checking box scores can certainly put up some points. Yeah, Tyler Shuck, uh, boy, his his career at Texas Tech so far has been an adventure. You know, he transferred in prior to last year, only played in a couple of games and got hurt, missed most of the season. Donovan Smith, who's still on the roster and started a handful of games this year as well, uh, he kind of took over late in the season last year, uh, won the game against Iowa State, won the bowl game against Mississippi State, had them in position to at least tie with a field goal against Baylor before uh, – the, the kick was missed. So, and then Donovan Smith was the, was the uh, starting quarterback against Texas too. in that big win, but Tyler Shuck did win. And it was like uh, going away. He won the competition according to both offensive quarters Zach Kelly and head coach uh, Joey McGuire. Uh, and so, and then he gets hurt early on in the first game again, a, a shoulder, but a different injury had a steel plate inserted um, missed two months returns his first pass attempt was a was when tech was getting blown up by Baylor and it was a pick six and it's kind of like uh, you know what are they doing and so then Baron Morton started a couple of games a redshirt freshman a former four-star elite 11 quarterback highly rated guy uh coming out of high school had a couple of good games before really struggling against Baylor and then he got hurt against TCU which a lot of quarterbacks have gotten hurt against TCU this year um Tyler Shuck Looks so-so against TCU, and they put him in. But then last week against Kansas, he comes out, leads the team in rushing, which nobody foresaw, you know, after a couple of injuries and all that, and uh, played a really clean game. Uh, threw for almost 250 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions, ran for like over 75 and another touchdown, and, you know, did what – I think he exceeded expectations last week after – you know, kind of the injury and the, the poor performance uh, against the, the, the bad pass against Baylor and the, and the kind of iffy performance against, TC, against TCU. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of like, repeat what you did against Kansas, against Iowa State, which, I mean, that's a tall task given Iowa State's uh, defense. But it's been a crazy season for quarterbacks at Texas Tech, no doubt, We're, with Donovan Smith, Barry Morton, and Tyler Shuck all starting, all playing significant time, and uh, – all having mixed results. Yeah, you know, you made a kind of an interesting point about the quarterbacks against TCU. That is a weird thing we've kind of seen this year. And, you know, it's definitely been a roller coaster for Shuck. I was having a little trouble kind of really following his his path, obviously at Texas Tech and kind of what got him here. You mentioned how good Iowa State's defense is, and, you know, we'll touch on that a little more. Obviously a loaded unit pretty comfortably the best unit in the big 12. I would say they're able to kind of keep the cyclones in just about every game. Who's maybe who are two to three players we need to know on Texas tech's defense. I know they came in with obviously some players getting some all big 12 recognition coming in, certainly kind of along that front and how have they kind of performed? Where do you see the rest of the year? Well, this time of year, injuries are such a big storyline for every team out there. And Texas Tech is certainly no different. And it's not just relegated to the quarterbacks. Tyree Wilson, unquestionably the best player on Texas Tech's team, 6'6", 275, among the leaders in quarterback hurries, sacks, 
tackles for loss, all that, projected to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, he hurt his foot. He's been ruled out for this week. He's probably – his career at Texas Tech is probably over at this point. Uh, that's a huge loss. I mean, there's no getting around that. But Texas Tech does have some other good players uh, on defense. As a matter of fact, going away Tech's defense is the best part of its team out of the three phases of the game, which does which sounds weird, right? Uh, but it, when you're talking about football, it sounds really weird. But it, it is. It's a veteran team uh, led by a veteran coordinator and Tim DeRuiter. They're aggressive. They play press man coverage. They blitz a lot from a, a bunch of different places. They play multiple fronts. They do a really good job of disguising their defenses and the leaders that are still playing that are expected uh, to play this week include uh, Christian Merriweather, an inside linebacker. He leads the team uh, in, in tackles. Um, Josiah Pierre outside linebacker has really come into his own the last couple of weeks. It has three and a half weeks or three and a half sacks in the last two weeks, um, including a strip fumble that ended the game uh, last week against Kansas for Texas tech. Muddy Waters plays uh, the, what they call the star position. I think everybody has some kind of hybrid position at this point on their defense, and he's an outside linebacker safety position, but he does so much for them. He's a big part of the pass rush. He's big in run support, and then he covers uh, you know, a lot of the slot receivers as, as a nickel corner as well. So Muddy Water, Marquise Waters, everybody calls him Muddy around here, uh, is a big part of what Texas Tech does on defense. But uh, Dadrian Taylor-Dimerson, we call him – we have a lot of nicknames for guys here. Rabbit. Uh, we call him Rabbit. He was a, a all-state record-breaking running back in Oklahoma who was converted to uh, safety. This is his third year, I believe, and he's really come into his own, especially here recent, recently the last couple of weeks. He's all over the field, both in run support and in pass coverage. Jalen Hutchings at nose tackle is, and Tony Bradford at defensive tackle. Those two guys are multi-year starters. They're older guys. Um, they're the classic chip on the shoulder. You know, they, uh, they don't have big frames. They're both about six foot, like 310, 315 pounds and both athletic, but you know, the Texas and OUs of the world didn't really recruit them because of the smaller frames, but they've been really good players for Texas tech. So, uh, a couple of guys I really need to mention too are their corners. I mentioned the press coverage, the aggressive coverage that Texas tech plays on defense. Malik Dunlap, six, three corner. He can run has been, Way better than any expectations. He transferred in from NC State. And Rashad Williams, who transferred in from UCLA, another 6'2", 6'3", lengthy corner. Uh, both those guys have been terrific. They're the best combination of corners that Texas Tech has had in at least a decade, a long time. So the defense is better than the numbers. The numbers are better this year, but they're even better than the numbers. The offense and some of the coaching decisions has put this defense in some really difficult positions. But it's it's a good good group. Yes, and, you know, especially with two good defenses and kind of what the weather is supposed to be like this weekend. I'm actually recording this from around the stadium and there's still snow on the ground and things like that. So it's going to be cold. But you obviously mentioned Tyree Wilson, who unfortunately for the Red Raiders is going to be out, a name that many people know. I remember being just so impressed with not only his film, but just kind of the, the NFL body type that I saw uh, down at, at Big 12 Media Days, actually. So that's definitely a good yeah. thing. Now, out of you know the five or six other standouts you mentioned, do you foresee maybe any of those other guys potentially here in their name called in April? I don't know. I think Malik Dunlap, because of his length and what he's put on film, has opportunity. I mean, there's not a lot of six three corners who could run like him. I mean, he runs like twenty something miles an hour. He's been clocked. So I mean, he, uh, he's fast. He's long, and now he's got some significant film on tape against you know Big Twelve offenses. Um, but he, he's, 
he's a senior, not a super senior, so he could return and maybe even improve the stock uh, more. Like I said, Marquise Waters, uh, I believe he's about six foot two, fifteen, two twenty. He looks, I mean, uh, he looks like an NFL body type, like an outside linebacker kind of guy. I, I, in certain packages, you know, and, and I feel like if he got, if he even if he's not drafted, if he gets a chance at a camp as a free agent, I think he'll make it just because. I mean, uh, he's a very versatile, smart player. He was a, I think, a three-year starter at Duke. Was a borderline All ACC player there too. So I mean, he's got the stats and the body type and the mentality and all that to uh, to make to make a roster. I'm excited. I mean, it sounds like we're going to get a real grinded out physical yes. weekend. You mentioned some of that man press coverage on defense. How do you feel that that can kind of be best attributed in terms of? Potentially attacking one of the best wideouts in the country, and obviously Iowa State's history in Xavier Hutchins. Yeah, I, you can't stop Xavier Hutchins. I mean, that's been proven time and time and time again. I, I think schematically, and I actually asked um, the defensive coordinator on Monday, uh, Tim DeRuiter, about this about the length and the size and playing that press coverage might help. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, they're going to stop Hutchins," because I, I don't think it's going to happen. But could they limit a couple of plays, a, a big pass breakup here, uh, you know, maybe make uh, make somebody hesitate where a play could be made, perhaps. But they're, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to stop Hutchinson. But I think they'll be aggressive with them. I don't think they're going to uh, – what I mean by that is I, I think they're going to challenge their guys to play man coverage and to get up in, in his face and, and – try and compete with him not necessarily bracket him all the time, not try and do any kind of soft zones with him. I, I think they're going to compete now. We'll see how that works out, but uh, I, I have a lot of respect for Hutchinson. I've watched a lot of Iowa state games this, this year and, uh, well, and I've seen him for a couple of years now and he's just, he's a terrific player and they do a great job of, of scheming to get him the ball. Yeah, you know, I, I really am very impressed as well. As I mentioned before the show, this is my first year on the beat. So seeing Hutchinson in person, obviously his production, how he goes about his business. We just got to speak with him this week for senior day. Just an incredibly impressive person, likely to be drafted and is definitely, you know, going to have a chance at the next level. Kind of looking the other way as, as we get a little further down the show, how do you see, you know, Shuck potentially his – his rushing ability and, and really that Red Raiders offense try to attack John Haycock's defense, a unit that has been by most accounts, a top eight to 10 unit in the country. First off, I have a lot of respect for Haycock. He's about as good as there is in the business. He, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I can praise him any higher than that. He's just, he's great. Um, and I really like uh, the way he challenges offenses the way it looks like hey this is going to be open it looks like a light box so run the ball or it looks like some of these intermediate quick intermediate uh, passes are going to be there but then they're not you have these aggressive safety screaming to the ball uh so I, I i'm very impressed now in terms of shuck being able to run yeah i think there will be times iowa state's rushing three no one's open he's gonna have to pull it down and go get some yards and how he does in that regard, like if you had asked me two weeks ago, I've been like, oh, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I was shocked with his running ability last he uh, last week against Kansas. He was decisive. He's the fastest quarterback of the three. We knew that straight line speed, but I, I doubted his wiggle. I doubted, you know, uh, his ability to stay healthy. 
Uh, and then certainly didn't think he would run with power. But, I mean, there was a couple of runs where he broke like five tackles. I didn't think he could do that in a game, you know. Uh, so Iowa State and Kansas are, are two different animals when we're talking about the defenses. Um, obviously, Kansas have a great year, so I have a lot of respect for what they're doing. But um, I think it's going to be all about just uh, this offense in general being patient. Iowa State, even though they have Hutchinson, I mean, offenses struggle. I don't think I'm saying anything that isn't known. Iowa State's offense has struggled this year. So it's not like you have to outscore Iowa State. If Texas Tech can take care of the ball, be patient, whether it be Shuck running or uh, any of their three running backs who have emerged, and, and be okay with taking four yards, three or four yards a pop, instead of the explosive offense that they that they want, that the offensive coordinator Zach Kittley wants, I think it will go a long way towards Texas Tech moving the ball, scoring enough points, not a lot of points, uh, and, and maybe getting out of Ames with, with a really tough victory just because of the way the, – the complementary football between all, all phases of the game. Yeah, it's really interesting, Jared, because, you know, I know just from the small chances we got to see this team in spring ball and – some of the things that I had heard, I, I said that I thought the defense would be better than the offense. I don't think anyone really would have anticipated, you know, kind of how much better it is, which both speaks to how good Iowa State's defense has been, as well as some of the struggles that the Cyclones offense has had. There have been, you know, injuries, lack of execution. I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of the big drops as well, if you've watched a lot of Iowa State football. So there have been a lot of things, and kind of based on what you've told me about Texas Tech's defense, as well as some of the potential weather reports for the weekend. I'm going to drop my prediction a little bit, but I always like to end the show with a prediction. If you're up for that, my friend, who wins, yeah. why, and a score if you have one, Jared. Yeah, I, I think Texas Tech has an opportunity here. I, I really do. I, first off, it's going to depend on a couple of things, but the main thing is, like I just said, will Zach Kitley, an air raid type, offensive coordinator, disciple of Cliff Kingsbury, will he be patient enough with the running game uh, or not? If he tries to air it out, Iowa State may win by three touchdowns because it's just it's not going to work. If he's patient with the run, and I, it, they may average three and a half yards per carry, you know, that may be what it is. But if he sticks with it, um, I think Texas Tech has a very good chance. And based on what he said, what we saw last week against Kansas, um, the weather, all, all that, I, I think he's going to. I, I really do. Um, so I have Texas Tech winning 20 to 14 in a, in a slugfest. Now, you could flip that score based on a turnover here, a turnover there. But I, I see this kind of like Vegas does. It's a coin toss game. Iowa State's at home. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's always tough to go, since Matt Campbell's been there, to go in there to Ames and get a win. But Texas Tech is hungry for that bowl victory. They beat – they're different teams, but they beat a lot of the same, uh, the same guys from last year. So there are some matchups there that, that Texas Tech knows they can win, and I think they get it done. Well, that certainly makes me feel a little better about my prediction just in terms of kind of what went into yours and the score as well. Mine's very close. You know, I feel like the formula for both teams is going to be similar. I think Iowa State will have to maybe air it out a little more than they would like to or, or comparatively with Texas Tech just because Jirel Brock, uh, they're, you know, starting running back for much of the season now has a broken foot. They're relying mm -hmm. on freshman Cartavius Norton at running back who has been pretty good and I think has a very high ceiling. But 
especially against that Texas Tech D-line. It's not going to be easy. Factoring in the weather, I'm, I'm higher on the talent of Iowa State than I think a lot of people have been. And, you know, potentially just sheer desperation. I think Iowa State gets it done senior day. It's not going to necessarily be pretty, as you mentioned. I've got 20 to 17. So around yeah. that three, four-point uh, range in terms of a spread. But again, I, I think we both agree, especially having not talked about this game too much before we hopped on, which is cool. This one could truly go either way. Yeah, well, I think it's a coin toss. I really do. I'd feel much better for Texas Tech's chances if it was in Lubbock, that's for sure, than than Ames. But uh, and I got a lot of respect for, obviously, that coaching staff, a lot of the players. Both teams are in desperation mode, like you mentioned, but uh, I, I think Tech has a better running game than Iowa State does at this point, and I think that's what it's going to take to win with, with the way the weather's going to be. Now, Iowa State's much more uh, used to playing in that kind of weather, I guess, so perhaps that will be a huge advantage for the Cyclones too. Yeah, that's going to be a major thing. Obviously, if there's not a ton of this type of weather down in Texas from when I've been there. Inside the RedRaiders.com, Jared Johnson does a great job. Joe Yeager, multiple people over there. I'm very grateful for the time. Jared, thank you so much for hopping on and previewing this game with me. Safe travels the rest of the way. And thank you all for listening to the Cyclone Scoop podcast. We will see you next time. Have a great week.